Hey everyone, we are so stoked that you are tuning in to Project Happy. In episode one, we give you an overview of the year and some of our specifics for January for our year-long happiness project. Now, you may notice that it's February. We're still figuring out all the technology. Have a listen, and we will be back very soon with an update for February in February. up every January 1st, jump out of bed and think that this will be the year that you finally become perfect, productive, and most importantly, happy? Because I do. When I first read The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin, I had just gone through a breakup. Everything I owned was in a tiny room that I rented from a friend and I had spent a week not eating and watching New Girl in bed. Then I found her book. For a year, she set out to cultivate habits that would make her happier. Over the years, I've tried. I keep coming back to the happiness project because in those pages, I see who I want to be. If I start exercising, give up unhealthy habits, and stop binging wine and Netflix, maybe I will finally understand what it is to be happy. Every January, I'm filled with hope and excitement about what I can achieve in the coming year. I have this feeling that if I could just do more, learn more, be more productive, I would be happier. And it gives me so much motivation to make changes. But every year, two months or two weeks or two days later, and I'm back to my old habits. No lasting change for the better. No closer to the elusive happiness that I dream of. Not this year. My name is Paula Burrows, and I am a fangirl of Gretchen Rubin. Hi, Paula. I'm not doing it alone. This is my friend Caitlin. Okay, if you're a super fan, I'm maybe a, like, mini fan of Gretchen. I have some resistance. Ultimately, I want to work on being more present, and I don't know if I get that vibe from Gretchen Rubin's work. Although, I do find her work compelling. So, for me... Uh, Goals usually start every January, September, March 15th, tomorrow. Like, I'm definitely always on the self-improvement train, but I don't know if I've ever clocked it as being about happiness. More just about being better. But when I reflect on it, happiness doesn't seem like something I would have as, like, a goal. And that word, goal. I'm super skeptical of happiness being something I treat like a checklist, even though... I love a checklist. Girl has a color-coded day planner. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we'll see. I'm at least excited to start paying more attention to my life and habits and to do so with the help of you, Paula. Maybe this year you will turn into a card-carrying superfan as well. Maybe. Okay, real talk. On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rank your happiness right now? Mm, Not high. Don't get me wrong, I'm not unhappy, I'm just not content. Mm. There are a lot of moments in my day when I do feel happy, but generally that's not my baseline anymore, and it used to be. Hmm. I don't really know if I know what my baseline is these days. Like, I def feel moments of contentment and moments of not. My anxiety and panic are at an all-time low, actually. Um, And I feel like maybe that's why I'm able to consider this as a viable project, because 
yeah, it's sort of about tailoring rather than the upheaval of what anxiety and panic can create in your life. I have shit I want to do. I've worked on feeling resilient and coping strategies and all of that. And now that to-do list of mine has got to be whittled down. I'm hoping this will help. And maybe, who knows, maybe I'll also feel happier. So this is Project Happy. Oh, also, for those of you listening who don't know, Gretchen Rubin is a best-selling author who is best known for her 2009 book, The Happiness Project, where she shares her record of spending 12 months, literally this is the subtitle of her book, singing in the shower, cleaning her closets, fighting right, reading Aristotle, and generally having more fun. Every month for one year, she picked one aspect of her life and tried to incorporate new habits in hopes of bringing joy and contentment to that part of her life. And listen, my skepticism aside, the book has been hugely popular. According to Gretchen's website, it spent like two years on the New York Times bestseller list, and it has sold more than 1.5 million copies. So she's obviously speaking to something in people. And re my skepticism... Gretchen relentlessly pursuing happiness for a year and documenting it as a published author? What part of that do I not like? It's fine. So, our Project Happy. It's a year-long project, and here we are at the beginning. So Gretchen suggests choosing a one-word theme to be an overarching resolution for your year. So, Caitlin, have you decided on your one-word theme? I have, but actually I picked two words. <laughs> I'm already not following the rules. <laughs> but like, actually, I am a rule follower, just in some ways I'm not. Um, so I have two words. They are ritual and refinement. Ooh. So my partner likes to observe of me that I'm a little resistant to routine. And like, I'm not consciously resistant to routine. I want that structure, but I find it really hard to follow. So your girl loves a plan. As we stated earlier, I have a color-coded planner, but actually sticking to those plans, I find really tough, especially as you know, Paula, when it comes to time, I am not a punctual person. So I'm hoping ritual in some ways talks to that routine-orientedness that I want a little bit more of in my life. Um, But it's also about cultivating more traditions for myself, I think. I noticed over this past Christmas, because we were all in lockdown, that I don't have a lot of traditions around holidays, Christmas being one of them. My parents weren't huge on celebrating, like, anything. (laughs) Uh, And so, like, as an adult, uh, I want to cultivate that a little bit more, because I get to choose how I want to live my life. Um, And refinement, it has to do with the ritual thing, so getting very specific about what works for me, but also just paring down in general. So, like, I want to audit my budget and, like, get rid of stuff in my closet and really only keep things that are working for me. And that can be physical things, but also, like, how I spend my time, what I choose to invest in, that kind of stuff. Mm. What about you, Paula? Right. Um, Me. Okay, so I'm going to go with create. Because I feel like I get stressed out by all the things that I want to do but don't make time for, and I want to find time to create. So for example, this podcast, which I'm so excited to do, I want to create it. I want to create a beautiful home. I want to create good relationships. I want to 
learn how to paint and create art. <laughs> I mean, I have some that's really cool lofty goals, but create. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with that. I love it. I also like that it speaks to what you want your priorities to be. That's good. Yeah. I mean, if I feel like it's a following of joy for sure. But when you were talking about ritual and refinement, it was making me think, especially when you're talking about ritual, about what Gretchen Rubin says about having systems of accountability and how depending on what your tendency is, you need different systems of accountability. So for listeners that don't know, Gretchen Rubin classifies our personality types based on how we deal with inner and outer expectation. And if you're interested in knowing what your personality is, you can go to her website and there's a quiz to do it. And I'm a questioner, which means that I think I'm a questioner, but lately I'm like, am I an obliger? I'm a questioner, which means I really deal well with inner accountability, but meeting other people's expectations is difficult for me. So if someone asks me to do something, my first thought is, why? Why should I do that? But if I have an expectation on myself, I'll get it done. And so I'm wondering how you will deal with ritual and accountability because they seem so tied together like how I'll keep myself accountable to them will you just say I'm going to do this ritual and it will be done or do you need to ask your partner to be a part of that or hold you accountable right right no I think I'm in that way I'm pretty sure I'm a questioner like I need to understand why something is important and generally if I've prioritized it for myself I've decided it's important, so I'm I'm more likely to do it. But yeah, like I, I've spent a couple of years now thinking about what motivates me and how to get myself motivated, um, especially when it comes to things like working out and, and having a writing practice. And honestly, the thing that's made me the most successful is breaking it down to be very small, like super, super manageable. And then I can adhere to my own inner accountability, no problem. Interesting. Yeah, that's funny how you were saying it's hard to meet other people's expectations. I relate to that in the way that I do want to meet other people's expectations. I'm probably not going to, but I'm going to feel really guilty about it every day. (laughs) You'll just like stew about not meeting them, but not actually meet them. (laughs) Yeah, but I'll feel resentful that these people have expectations on me, and yet I'll feel guilty for not doing what they want. So I I don't know. What is that? I think that we need to take a minute to explain the four personality types because I think it's going to come up a lot on this show. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So the personality types are about dealing with expectation and there are four. So the first is an upholder and upholders meet inner and outer expectations. If they decide a New Year's resolution, they will achieve it. They do not need a gym buddy. But if someone asks them to walk their dog, they can do that too. The next is an obliger, and that's the majority of people, and they do not live up to their own expectations, so they do need outer accountability. They meet other people's expectations, so they need a gym buddy to make it to the gym. And a lot of people are like that, I think Gretchen says, like the vast majority of people need an outer expectation. Yeah, apparently the vast majority people of people are obligers, and then it's questioners, then it's upholders, and the smallest group is rebels. Right, right. So me and Caitlin think that we're possibly questioners but we're both questioning that (laughs) (laughs) which is a pretty classic questioner thing to do so here we go (laughs) and a questioner does not meet outer accountability but they do meet inner accountability and I struggle with this definition of myself because I do need accountability like 
doing this podcast, Caitlin, if you weren't here with me, would I get it done? I don't know. Right. I also think, though, it's worth mentioning that, like, like any personality test or definition of self that is, like, a very binary categories, we're all probably a mix of them all, and that's fine. Like, as I feel like I will mention as the podcast goes on, Gretchen Rubin is not a psychologist. She does not work in mental health. These are just categories that she's come up with as, like, a a way to compare and contrast, I think. And, you know, that can be really helpful. She says that everyone has one category and it doesn't change. Oh, really? I thought she mixed them. No, she says you can have tendencies from another, but they don't change. You are one and you can have like, you can be a questioner with upholder tendencies or you can be an upholder with questioner tendencies, but you have an overall personality type. Right. Ugh, that just feels a little convenient. We still have a fourth category, and that is a rebel. And those are people that do not meet inner or outer expectations. So in order to build new habits, they need to speak to their sense of self. I am the type of person that goes to the gym. Both my mom and my brother are rebels. It's infuriating. (laughs) We should move on. So another thing that she suggests that you do in January is come up with 21 resolutions for 2021. I haven't finished my list. I know, I'm working on it. I've got 14 and I feel really strong about them and I'm tempted to just do 14 in 2021, but why don't you, why don't you tell me, give me your highlight, give me a highlight. We'll talk about this in a future episode, but let me know. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorites actually, because it's also read 21 in 21, so 21 minutes a day, I've decided that I'm gonna read 21 books I already own. And then once I'm done that book, the refinement piece comes in, which is to say I have to decide if I actually want to keep it to refer to or to read again, or if I want to donate it. And a lot of the books that I've chosen as my 21 books are books that have sat on my shelf forever. And this is the year I got to make a decision about it. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's good. But so are you far. excited to read them? Yeah, totally. They're definitely like it's, you know, like I one of the books is like feminism and pop culture. Like, every time I look at that book, I'm always like, I bet that's really good. (laughs) But I just never read it. And so even if I just like, oh, I also, I will let myself abandon them. So if I'm not enjoying a book, I'm not going to try to finish it. But I will then replace uh, that book in my list of 21 books. Oh, Gretchen Rubin is a big proponent of quitting books you don't like. I know. And I'm a big completionist. Is that what she calls them? Um, I think completionist or completist or I don't know completist whatever that phrase is but like it just doesn't serve me and the thing I want to cultivate is reading more and so reading a book I don't actually enjoy isn't helpful yeah I can definitely relate to that but I think I'm more gonna read a lot of garbage this year just make sure I'm reading Yeah, that's cool. I think I just need to sit down and look at it because I want some of them to be things that don't feel like a chore and some of them to be things that do feel like a chore Totally. So you were kind of already talking about it in your 21 for 21, but one of the things that Gretchen Rubin has suggested for this year is to read 21 minutes every day in 2021. So how is that going for you, Caitlin? Really good. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I've created a bit of a routine around it. I've got a timer because time is not my friend. I find it really hard to keep track of. And, you know, I've just sat down and done it every single day. Uh, So I'm listening to a few audiobooks as well. And I wanted to discuss with you whether or not we think audiobooks count. I've also finished a book already, which is great. Um, Yeah. Shout out to the book I read. It's called 
Mexican Hooker Number 1 by Carmen Aguirre, wonderful Vancouver-based author. Ooh, great title. I know. It's such a good book. I, okay, here is my problem. I don't feel like audiobooks count, but in order to tick that box, I have listened to audiobooks, and that means I am getting through that content. And I kind of use audiobooks for like the sleep revolution. I want to read about sleep. So yeah, I feel like audiobooks are really good as a sort of long form podcast. I don't listen to a lot of fiction audio. They're all like sort of self-helpy. I love a self-help book. Yeah. Whereas the books I'm actually reading are a mix of everything. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Do you feel guilty if you tick the box and it's only been an audiobook? There's only been one or two days that that's happened. So thus far, no, because it's all contributing to my goal. I don't know. You know, God, is it Gretchen that says this? That like, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good? It is. So I love the checkbox. Like, we love a gold star over here. (laughs) And so if that's what's making me feel motivated or contributing to it, then – and there are – there's a day or two where I do listen to an audiobook. I'm going to check it off if it's going to keep me reading. Well, yes, I've done that. Throughout the first two weeks in January, have you checked every single box? Yeah. Really? I missed a day. Where you didn't even re- listen to an audiobook? No, and I have a glaring unchecked box. And I, it looks at me and it taunts me. I totally get that. I could do this whole year and that box would still be unticked. Oh, yeah, I totally understand. Okay, so one of the things that she suggested, because the theme of January is self-knowledge, is to do a personality quiz. Yes, I love personality quizzes. I've done them all. (laughs) This month or just in life? No, in life. Like not even for this project. Although I did last night, I was like, oh yeah, Enneagram. I don't know that one as well, but I've definitely done it before. So I redid it and eh, I I don't super love the Enneagrams. Oh. Have you done any of the personality tests she recommends? Not yet, but it is going to be, it's going to happen before the end of January because I'm going to need it to set up my February, I believe. So on the 26th of January, we find out what we're doing in February in terms of habit building. So I want to make sure I've done my personality quiz by then. So that is a deadline, which is outer accountability. Oh no, am I an obliger? Oh no, you're an obliger. Ah, no one wants to be an obliger. (laughs) Oh, come on. Being an obliger is great. Ugh, no one wants, everyone wants to be an upholder. Let's be serious. Oh, yeah. I do wish I was an upholder. It does seem very like, like you just check everything off all the time, but like also a bit of a robot. <laughs> Don't you feel like if you were an upholder, you'd be like prime minister or a CEO of a Fortune yeah, 500 maybe. company? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, possibly. I'm, I'm like very goal oriented, but like not that much. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking a lot about ticking boxes and part of Gretchen Rubin's idea about accountability is having sheets where you tick off things that you've achieved. So we have one page for reading 21 and 21. Maybe I can post that on our Instagram so you can see what that looks like. And then there's another page called Don't Break the Chain where you establish your habits that you're going to build throughout the month and you're going to do them every day and every day that you do them you tick that box so caitlin do you have any don't break the chains for january even though they weren't really a requirement this month totally but i've already broken a bunch of them Mm. um so one of them is like i really need to try to drink more water 
at least consistently. So I have um, drink two and a half soda streams on there. because <laughs> I, I love some bubbly water. Um, yeah. That was one of them. And doing my morning pages, because as I said, I'm trying to finish The Artist's Way. I'm on chapter 10. I'm so close. Uh, and I've, I've broken the chain for that, for sure. I find with Artist's Way, I like, I take five-day breaks sometimes. I always go back to it. But yeah, shit just takes me a long time sometimes. The Artist's Way, though. What a slog. I, I have nothing but positive things to say. The book itself is like a little bit dated. But the process of going through it and really evaluating creativity in your life is awesome. I have the book and I use it every day to boost my computer up one quarter inch. So it's getting a lot of use over here too. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I So for January, I also have some res- resolutions, which I tried to make pretty attainable. Tell me. So go to sleep early. Nice. That That's my first one. And I can't speak highly enough about it. It's the best. I love it. I'm loving it. What's early to you? So this has been the struggle. I have missed a few days because early to me is before midnight. So sort of in bed by 1130 because I'm probably going to read a little bit. But when I work at the restaurant, which I do two nights a week, I don't get home until 1130. And I'm finding it that it's feeling very restrictive to go to bed before midnight. Yeah, that's hard. You need some wind down time. So I haven't managed to tick the boxes on those nights. And I am going to go with you and say, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Because we do just need an hour to unwind. And I'm not staying up till 2, 3 in the morning, which I was doing throughout the pandemic. There you go. Uh, But I'm staying up probably till 1230 to like maybe have, you know, a wee cup of tea, a shower and read a little bit. A wee cup of tea. Wee cup of tea. I also put resolution number two was to journal which I have not done. I've done it a couple times. I'm just not feeling the call. That's fair. Is there like something similar? Okay, so like what's the impulse of journaling for you? I think to figure out my feelings, to maybe trust my gut more. If I was to write things down on paper, it would help me analyze my thoughts. Maybe I don't want to analyze them right now. Fair. I'm busy. (laughs) Do you have a meditation practice? Oh my God, Kaylin, don't start with me right now. Wait, what? What do you mean? No, I don't have a meditation practice. I am so ADD. I cannot sit still like that. I'll stretch. Oh, listen, I find meditating really hard and I'm a yoga teacher. Um, But like all I was going to say is maybe instead of writing, a way to approach it would be like for two minutes, literally like start a timer just be aware of your thoughts. And it doesn't even have to look like, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. So like, it doesn't have to be in a perfect seated posture, but like maybe when you're sitting on your couch, you just put things aside, close your eyes and be like, what am I feeling? I think that that could work if I use that as a punishment for not journaling. If you don't journal, you're going to have to meditate for two minutes. So that might work in that way. (laughs) That's so funny. I totally forgot that there had to be punishments. Wait, is that a Gretchen thing? No. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was like, I don't like that. No, no. She does not condone punishments or rewards, actually. So Right, right. Well, and also, yeah, I mean, this is like another episode, but rewards and celebrations are different. True. Yeah. I need to celebrate more. I don't need more rewards. I'm just fine on that one. <laughs> Girl has a shopping problem. <laughs> yeah. I love to shop. Or I love to drink wine. I love to do all those things. But the actual small step of just being like, hey, Caitlin, good job. You did that is really hard. 
Yeah, I, find. I know. It's always like, what's next? Yeah, much more meaningful, though, in some ways. Mm. Mm. Okay, I've got a couple more. Oh, keep going. Awesome. So no TV before 7 p.m. Right. Which has been great. That is great. God, I need that in my life. It has reduced my anxiety by a million. Because now when I sit down to watch a show, I feel as if I'm allowed. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, that's so funny. But you're allowed by yourself. Like you are the one allowing it. Like I'm not being the worst. Like, I don't feel bad. Right. I get that. There's no guilt associated with doing what I want to do all day and exploring my creativity or cleaning or jogging or talking on the phone and having Zoom dates and doing all these other things that feed me in a way more than watching TV would. So that if I do want to watch a show at the end of the night, now I I, I do it guilt-free. That's great. Yeah, I like that. And then because it's January and we all spend a little too much in December, I put for one of my resolutions that I was not allowed to spend any money in restaurants or cafes in January. And how's it going? Okay, so it's actually just turned out that everyone has to pay for me. So (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That's honestly what's happened because I was going to go to the art gallery and see... Mm -hmm. See my bubble. And so she ended up paying. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) So I didn't break it. She paid for the art gallery, you mean? Or you guys went to the cafe? We had a coffee at the art gallery. Uh Uh-huh. Got you. And she paid for it. So I didn't break my rule. Oh, that's so funny. And then my last one was to eat vegan plus shellfish. So no dairy, no eggs, no meat other than shellfish. Okay, wait. I want to go back to the coffee shop thing. Because, like, I think of you as a pretty frugal person. Yeah. What What is the no? Is it that you feel wasteful or guilty when you go out or you just you're trying to compensate or what? It's purely financial. We're in the midst of a global pandemic. My expenses are not how I'd like them to be. And it's easier for me to create really strong rules. I am an abstainer, not a moderator. So it's much easier for me just to say no restaurants or cafes because those little coffees, you know, they add up. Yeah, for sure. They do. And I love to eat out. Like, restaurants are my luxury. And it's not a time for luxury right now. And if I'm going to have luxury, I feel that it's more economical and just as enjoyable to go for a massage. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And also, yeah, beneficial in a certain way. I also love restaurants, so not disparaging them whatsoever. Uh, God, I don't even know... I, I'm definitely a moderator, but there are times where I'm like, mm, you need to cut back your spending on that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. That's given me food for thought. Anyway, you were saying you went on to your next point, which was to, what? to eat vegan plus shellfish for the month of January. And how's it going? That's gone great. No no stress at all. You know, that's my preferred way of eating. Adding in the shellfish is purely because I struggle to get all the nutrients I need and I don't feel like I want to take the time to have a really well-rounded vegan diet right now. So if I throw in shellfish, I feel like, I don't know, I don't have to take omegas or B12 and all those things. And it gives me some wiggle room in restaurants. Right. Not that I'm going to them. (laughs) (laughs) But it will in the future. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'm committed to this long term, but I'm just revisiting because I was vegan for a long time to see how I feel. 
and it feels good. I did have one slip up because I didn't realize that an aioli in my fridge was not a vegan aioli. Ah, well, I mean. But that's my only day I didn't get to tick that box. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if you follow uh, Dr. Matthew Negra on Instagram. He's my naturopath right now. He's vegan. And I specifically went to him about plant-based diets, and it's been great. He's really cool. He's, he gives a lot of, like, mm. nutritional information and tips in a way that's um, – like, he's very good at knowledge translation. He obviously loves reading studies himself, um, but breaking them down for the public is one of his skills, I think. Shout out to Matthew Negra. Cool. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling any happier? Yeah. <laughs> I find that really hard to evaluate. Um, I definitely, what I love so far is the attention that I'm paying to the things that I like. And I think that that's overall making me feel really good. Um, you and I talked about how you evaluate if it's working or not working. And instead of saying that, I'm going to go with a moment that made me smile. Um, so I've had this old shitty couch for a long time and like I had tried restuffing it with like throw pillows to make it a little more comfortable and it was just not working. Um, and so I finally found one on Facebook marketplace that I really like. And one of my goals was to solve the couch. <laughs> and I also like, oh, I really hate wasting shit. And so that's partially why I had waited so long to get a new couch. Um, and I had a chat with my mom where she was like, you know, Caitlin, it's possible you just used that couch for its life. Things do have an end of life. And so I'm working on letting it go. Um, but the moment I sat on my new couch, I was so stoked. And I, I really did have a big smile on my face. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you. What about you? You want to, you want to like assess if what's working and not working for you so far. Yeah. So for me, I think it's easier for me to think of what's working and what's not working. And what is working is going to bed early. It is ding, 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 ding. That's staying on my list. I'm keeping it. Sleep is the best. Sleep is the best. I, I love it. I get it to bed and I think I could get up in nine hours or eight or seven and a half but I've got all this wiggle room to be in my bed. And it's great. That's awesome. I love that. And yeah, what's not working for you? Yeah, what's not working? So journaling. But you know, the thing is, I haven't done it. So I really do want to give that an attempt. So right now I feel like, oh, well, I've already failed in January. So I'll just try again in February. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. <laughs> So would it help you if I texted you about it and said like, hey, have you journaled yet today? No, I'll get mad at you. I'll feel bitter. <laughs> Don't do that. I'll get resentful. <laughs> okay, that, that's fair. I would get Don't mad at me. That. Text me about the podcast though. Make sure I've edited. <laughs> okay, sweet. Well, I think that's our first check-in. We did it. Episode one of Project Happy. Welcome to our Project Happy. Why not join us on your own happiness project? Definitely read the happiness project first. We'll link to it in our show notes. And if it hasn't been drilled into your head yet, it's by Gretchen Rubin. Oh, and actually, I listened to the audiobook version and it's super good. Also, make sure to take the Four Tendencies quiz. Or, you know, just think about a time you smiled this week. Oh, and follow our journey. We'll post some fun stuff on Instagram at Project Happy Podcast. Thanks for listening.